right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. Scott here in uh, broadcasting live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic downtown Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, I got a fantastic episode once again for you guys today. Uh, we're talking with uh, David James Rodriguez, Gato Project. Uh, we're going to be talking about rethinking education, right? This is such an important topic to be discussing here today. So uh, let's see real quick, though, you guys, I just want to shout out if you guys want to support the show. Uh, there's a few different ways that we can do it here. Um, so the main page, go send people to, oops, let's see, let's do that. There we go. Uh, so rebunked.news is the website. You're going to see all the links to all the video platforms that we're on. Uh, I usually shoot people towards Rockfin just because, you know, they, they give us cryptocurrency just for you watching it on, on Rockfin. You know what I mean? We're also on band.video, Odyssey, Rumble, and BitChute. Thanks to ContentSafe, ContentSafe.co, Matthew Raymer and the crew over there help get my videos out to all these different platforms. Or if you're a content creator and you want to get more exposure to these platforms, just go to contentsafe.co or get in touch with me and I can put you in touch directly with Matthew. So uh, also make sure you're following on all podcast players. We're on all podcast apps. I don't think I've been taking off any yet. So that's good. Uh, the premium content's over on Subscribestar. So I'm doing like a three-part series describing my trip out east from Oregon to Tennessee. Uh, left off uh, on part two talking about Float Fest, which I had the opportunity to hang out with uh, today's guest at Float Fest. So we'll get into that. Social media, probably the best place is Telegram, t.me forward slash rebunked pod. That's where you're going to get the most up-to-date uh, links to the show. Anything I got going on, anything else is just censored and algorithmically blocked. So uh, float too. So float and Telegram are the two places I would definitely uh, steer people towards. And then, of course, at the bottom of rebunked.news, you'll see any value for value donation options. Um, we got the t-shirt shop ripping and running here. It's rebunked.news forward slash shirts. We got the official logo. We got the build, two different build shirt designs because uh, we're all about building around here. Compliance is violence. You can't depopulate an idea. I see false flags. We are many. They are few. Truth wins. So, you guys, if you want to support the show, uh, head over to rebunk.news forward slash shirts or there's a link to it at the top of the page. Uh, typically, I'm promoting Truth TRS, TRS Heavy Metal Detox Spray, but we're having some issues with the website. So, we're just going to skip that for now. So, you guys. Super excited about this episode today. Uh, so without further ado, here is David James Rodriguez. David, how you doing, brother? Hey, great, Scott. Great to be with you. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. So just so everybody knows, like, you know, we're live right now, so we're just going to kind of roll with this. Um, we got some lag going, so we're just going to kind of, we're, we're just going to roll with it. So there may be kind of like a gap in between, you know, questions and stuff like that. So be patient with us. We'll be patient with you. Everybody's just going to be great. So we're just going to do this. So how about this? So, David, why don't we just start off uh, maybe giving us and our audience a little bit of background about yourself and uh, kind of what brought you into the fight of, uh, you know, just 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 shattering this paradigm that's so uh, toxic today in, in the education system. Well, I um, for, I think first got into the education world after I was in business for a while and I sold my first business age 26 and then moved to Asia and wanted to explore what's going on with life and start Gatto and others like, like Charlotte Isserbit and uh, saw that the school system was designed to disempower people. And I went to the public school system and I have family members who used to work in the school system and currently still do. And I was shocked to find out that the school system was designed to create a obedient people in that world uh, because I remember being a young person and feeling the, the suffering and the uh, despair in these classrooms and so then I uh, got into the business world and um, 
pursued some education of like, what's the solution, right? And you know that many people see what's going wrong with the school system, but I, um, I want to know what the solution was. So I looked into it and I ended up starting an expo called the Education Options Expo, and that turned into a YouTube channel and helping parents learn about respectful models of learning. And then I got into business with John Gatto. We can talk about how later and helped him republish his um, part of the underground history of American education. And we have two more volumes coming from that and just learning what is going on in these schools. What, why is it compulsory? And I started to get kind of upset about that. And then there was a the solution. So we got to find solutions. And that's how I started my uh, homeschool consulting uh, services. And then I started a private school, a virtual school based on uh, consent and agreement with the parents and the teenager accelerating their graduation. And then I found out that one person can make a big difference and uh, started to get more into it. Uh, Co-produced a few years with uh, the amazing people down at Anarchapoco, spoke down there and little by little just wanted to find out where, where are the answers when someone is trying to empower young people as we are all one and some of us are. And that's kind of the, the quick intro into it is just um, learning. We'll, let's say we don't want to chase the money, you know, and let's, let's make a lot of money too. But at the same point, um, what, what are we doing on this planet? It seems to be a bigger question for me. And what are we allowing to happen to our young people and allowing to happen to ourselves? And that is the indoctrination um, with statism and uh, forcing children to study things they don't want to study and do things they don't want to do. And I just found that to be unacceptable. So I um, yeah, want to be part of the solution. And that's little, little by little, that's what we're doing and empowering parents with the truth and not to try to save the world, but to recognize where we are and what you can do for your child and really start to think about a bigger game to play, you know, in this life. And as we learned from the matrix, there's the blue pill and the red pill. And I wanted to know what the red pill was for education. And I, I learned a little bit and there's always more to learn, but um, <laughs> now we got to help the children because what's happening in schools is unacceptable. And it begins with the parents. It begins with the adults having these conversations. So that's what uh, kind of the quick, the quick background was, um, is just learning there's a serious problem in the school system and the politicians aren't going to solve it. It's going to be mom and dads and the family members and the individuals. And we didn't get here overnight. You know, this has been a slow creep for a few generations. And it's time that we really start rethinking education um, entirely and redefining education, redefining success, redefining what mm. do parents want for their children. And it starts in conversation. And, you know, John Gatto helped me a lot with that and some other people too. But um, <laughs> the emperor has no close uh, at this point. You know, it's very open for many people who can see that these schools are harming children and in, in a lot of ways. So it's like, all right, what can we do about it? And I want to be part of that solution. And that's a, just a little bit about, you know, what I got into it for and um, a little where, where we're at now. Man, I just love that so much. Yeah. Thank you. Like this is, this is probably the most amazing, uh, most important work out there. Right. You know, we've, we've, I've talked a lot about how, you know, this, this, 
battle or whatever, however you want to perceive it, it probably won't be won in our lifetime, right? It's going to be up to the next couple generations to kind of take the take the heed and, and really force, you know, some serious change in this world and in the, in the direction that humanity really needs. And so, you know, like like teaching these kids and it's going to be such an important role in that. So thank you so much. I, I, you know, it's just amazing stuff. Like I personally don't have any kids. You know what I mean? Like actually my, my goal here in the next, probably to start a family here in the next few years. Like that's part of my goal. So like, you know, this is, this is all just stuff that's just really, you know, really, I, I think it's just such important stuff. So, um, so I met you at float fest. Um, you know, I, I met a lot of people there that I've had interactions with before, but I met you for the first time there. And, and I just, uh, what, what was your float fest experience? Like, what was your biggest takeaway from it? I love Float Fest. That was my first time at Float Fest as well. As you know, they're the um, founders of the app, float.app, and free speech. So I love free speech. Oh, yeah. Um, and the huge takeaways is that there's a major awakening happening for self-ownership and for truth and for the ideas of voluntarism, which I really like and basically just means all human relationships need to be voluntary. And everybody's on their own spectrum, so not everybody, you know, is is on that level yet. But I think that's where it's going. Uh, it was a nice little campout, and people in RVs, and some performances, and some workshops. And the takeaways that don't feel isolated, and realize there's a great mass awakening happening. Of course, we're probably the minority, um, but this is how everything begins. We always start off as a minority. And we're standing on solid ground here with voluntary relationships for all, equal power for all, which is don't harm me and I'm not going to harm you. We can agree on a consensual voluntary relationship. And that's where it all begins because people are confused right now with this whole scamdemic of the last two years of who's responsible for who, uh, masks and injections and these kind of things. And when you meet people that are fully aware what's going on and you don't have to qualify yourself of why you don't want to get this medical intervention it's very exciting and the buckminster fuller quote always comes up and because it's so uh, relevant is you obsolete so with the whole political elections and everything if you want big change we have to change our thought process change our actions and instead of banging our heads against the you know uh, presidential elections or governor or other elections. And this is not to say that maybe a local election wouldn't have some effect. Probably does have a you know, more of an impact where we are. We have to change how we got here. And it's, it's a paradigm shift. And it is the um, idea that you own your, yourself and I own of your self ownership and, um, you can do whatever you want on the earth, you know, and this is where I think evolution of freedom is coming. And I spoke a little bit in my talk about the evolution of freedom, which was the monarchy where the king has the power. And then we evolved for representative government, constitutional republic. And then that turns out that the government has all the power over time. And now we're going to individual authority, individual personal uh, power, self-ownership. And I think this is the way out is to realize that pieces of paper don't give you any rights and that pieces of paper don't stop people from violating you. You really have to have uh, your own self-knowledge and you may be contracts with other people, but you cannot be bound to a contract that you didn't sign and you, you can't delegate a right that to take your money than the government 
um, doesn't have the right to take your money without your consent. So um, it's always great to be with people who know that they're free and they don't have to go participate in a pull booth to be free. We're just in a state, kind of the end of this empire or this, this idea of statism and starts with our own personal transformation. So when we go to these events, I, I, I recommend you go to these events, <laughs> you know, anyone you oh, can yeah. to realize you're not alone. And they say, try to isolate you so you feel by yourself. And then you go meet a lot of people who are free. So it's all about the community. It's all about the, the you know, power of the people, truly, and our own personal awakening. Uh, before we can change the conditions around us, we have to change us, change me. I look in the mirror first and then kind of go that mentality for many decades. So what can we do? Well, accept it and then transmute it and let's kind of evolve beyond that uh, because anybody can focus on a problem, but it takes real champions and visionaries. I imagine your audience to be, as I know you are, to create solutions. You know, what are the solutions and what can we do? Because it is the, the stress or the anxiety or the whatever, the fear is getting heavy and it's been heavy for two years. I can't believe these two years, what they've been yeah. doing to humanity. Like, wow, man, this is, this is PTSD. Like even for us, you know, conscious people, you know, to some degree, like, well, this is like amazing hypnosis, even on us. And we kind of, you know, push back the, the blue pill to go back to sleep, but still they're working on us. And um, isolation is one of the things. So get together with the people and um, I always get uh, reinvigorated and hopeful and empowered when I go to these events. And uh, it was a great time at Float Fest. And um, I'll probably be there next year because there's amazingly good people there. Oh yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for that. That's such a great synopsis. And, and, and I had a great time too. I definitely plan on going back next year, man. That's so awesome. All right. Well, let's get into it here. So, so I would say maybe let's, let's start off here. Like what, if people maybe in the audience aren't familiar, like what do we need to know about John Taylor Gatto? So John Taylor Gatto was a New York state teacher of the year and taught for in the public schools, a junior high for uh, 30 years. And at the end of his career was, um, honored with this award. And so, um, he kind of got a high profile and did a really great essay in the wall street journal called I quit, I think. And he used his position of, um, accolade to call out the school system and saying that these schools are hurting people. And it was very shocking that he would do that. And then he became kind of a, uh, um, an advocate for homeschooling and he documented the history of the school system and where it came from and original purposes and intentions. And it's amazing because we find out that they want clerks that obey consumers that consume and soldiers that kill. And it's hard to believe that. And so you, you want to go check out his work and some of the, the sources that he cites. And for me, I couldn't believe it either. You know, I was raised in a small town, you know, in, uh, in California. So I was just kind of thought, uh, the world is the way that the school taught me and what television taught me. Americana, America's number one, and we're the best. But it turns out this, this is an empire. This country is an empire wrapped in statism or the flag of we have authority over you because we say we have authority over you. So he went through and proved for many of us, including you know people like Robert Kiyosaki and um, I mean Seth Godin, 
that this system was designed not to, to elevate your own skills and maximize your potential, but literally to dumb you down, which was the title of one of his books in the 90s. And it's, it's a shocker. It's, you don't want to believe, I don't want to believe that the school system was designed this way. But if you go through and look at the mechanisms of the system, you have to get permission to drink water, to urinate, to defecate, to talk in most cases. You don't get to choose what you study. You don't get to choose if you show up today. It's a day prison. And that was the style of the book that uh, he wrote was uh, The Underground History of American Education, an intimate investigation into the prison of public schooling or our schooling things. Whereas many of you know that the public school system is like a sacred cow and you're not allowed to say bad things because the teachers work so hard and you know, it's for the children. And he learned how to uh, speak with respect and call it out for what it is. When it, he has so many quotes. One of them is um, for schooling is one of the most is probably the most radical idea in history because what could be more radical than giving your child to total strangers for 12? It's like, wow, when you put it like that, that's exactly what it is. You don't know who these teachers are. They many times have political agendas, uh, super statists or lefties or, you know, even righties, you know, it's like there's an agenda rather than pledging allegiance to love and truth and honesty and love and compassion um, and all the great things, courage, they force your child to pledge allegiance to the flag, which is a symbol of the Republic of the state. They want yeah. a, a swearing allegiance to the government. <laughs> so he came out and, and discussed these things and uh, you know, so much stuff on his website, but that was one of the, the key experts for me about, I knew something was wrong in school. And many of you listening and watching know that there's something wrong in schools and he goes through and documents it and it's you know one thing after another and then you're like wow i can't i can't really handle this truth this truth is too powerful because there's 50 million children in the school system right now and it's over a 700 billion dollar a year business conservatively mm -hmm. so there's a lot of money being made and the children are suffering so he came out and was courageous enough to call a spade a spade and a lot of pe people um, are standing on his shoulders just like I am. And now it's taking to the next level of, okay, what can we do? What's the solution? Uh, but yeah, he had so much um, great truth to share. One of his great documentaries um, was their tragedy and hope mm -hmm. and five hours of, of sharing uh, about the history that you and I never heard about. So those yeah. are some of the things that he's done in a few books, Weapons of Mass Instruction, and just really blown up the idea of that as well. So uh, just pointing out the fact that the forced attendance was the real issue. And um, I use that a lot too to help clarify my thinking. There are a lot of problems with the curriculum and with a lot of the systems, but the number one thing that actually is anti-educational and ruins the learning experience because learning is the reward. You don't have to be coached. Learning is fun. Studying is fun. Reading and writing, expressing yourself, acquiring new experiences and going on adventures is exciting and beautiful. But when the state 
is in control. They are pushing your child down a path that you may not see yet. And as you get closer to that reality of what they're really doing, um, you see why the schools are so diabolical, so tyrannical, and why it's really important that you get your children out. And that is what the, the Gatto Project is about, is, is an acronym, which means get all the thinkers out of for schooling. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's different methods to go about that. But the essence is that get them out and uh, you'll figure out everything. One of the great things that resonated was that the schools are on fire. So mm -hmm. if you're, the school is on fire, you're not going to worry about, well, I have to get this correct curriculum or I have to get this correct thing before I get my child out of the burning building. You will go, you'll remove your child from the burning building. You figure out everything outside. And I think yeah. that's a great metaphor, which I'm going to uh, tax from him, also known as stealing from him to use for others <laughs> because it's a great, great uh, um, a metaphor and analogy that it is on fire and you, you'll figure it out, mom and dad, and I can help you. You know, we do consulting mm -hmm. and there's other resources out there that can help you. So uh, Gatto was a key man for many of us and I'm so grateful for him and he did pass away a few years ago. So rest in power, John, and uh, we're going to keep you know, spreading your legacy and taking it up to the next level. That's amazing, man. Like, thank you for that. And, and definitely you mentioned some really good resources in there. You know, I personally need to go down this rabbit hole. I haven't fully uh, enveloped myself in it quite yet, but like, yeah, like you said, the ultimate history lesson with tragedy and hope and all them, like th that's a good place to start, you know, many, many, uh, books that and lots of interviews so yeah totally so um thank you for that so i, I think this may be a rhetorical question or a silly question but over the last couple of years have you seen a significant uptick in parents reaching out trying to get their kids out of school and what what has been uh, what has been your experience navigating that that's right there's always a silver lining my friends and yeah. that has to be probably the best one is that parents finally realized that these schools are day prisons and some of them have been holding on for a while, you know, in California and many states, they have forced vaccines, you know, for kindergartners and seventh graders. And now they're trying mm -hmm. to vaccinate everybody and force everybody into these things. And so parents are like, what do you do? What do you do? Well, now it's like push them out. So I think some numbers have showed double the homeschoolers and even up to triple the homeschooling um, population in the last two years. So just realize that there is a mass exodus happening and it's wonderful. That is really probably the, the best silver line. Although the other silver line I think is people that are awakening to government illegitimacy, government criminality, and learning that government is mind control and the root is gubernari mentes, control of your mind. So yes, that's the, the beautiful thing about the scamdemic is that you know, more and more families are pulling their children out and they're starting to take responsibility for their children's education rather than outsourcing it to some other authority or some other um, strangers. And we got to have compassion on parents, you know, because um, our parents did the best that they could, you know, with the knowledge and awareness that they have. And it's, it's, it's scary when you weren't homeschooled to consider going up that path and say, wow, I went to public school, so how do you homeschool and, and what do you do? So it's it's pushed many parents and still many parents are on the fence. And I think this fall we're going to see more numbers increase. And um, I do believe that the school system is on its way out and some people are going to hold on. Some people are still um, brainwashed and entranced. And so they're going to just ride it out for however many more years it's going on. But many parents are thinking about homeschooling. They are homeschooling. They're doing some of private school. So 
it is a beautiful time for homeschooling, I would say, and it's just getting started. Um, and the state has a big problem. I, I don't call these people, you know, in charge of society, um, elites. I call them the outnumbered, hyper wealthy, intergenerational predator psychopaths because they're preying on mm -hmm. children and it's deliberate. So these psychopaths, um, I think their time is done, at least for the, um, the foreseeable future, but they don't want to let go of power. And so, you know, who, why would you want to let go of power? Like the ring of power in the Lord of Rings, how parents are taking it back um, with their children. And it's very exciting. And I love hearing the uh, breakthroughs that moms and dads are having uh, throughout the country, throughout the world. Some of them are fleeing. I spoke to a family this past week at the um, Exit and Build Summit. They fled oh, yeah. Canada and made it down to Texas. And they have three daughters and like they like barely made it out. Uh, wow. so it's insane that these governments are doing this and, um, you can, you can solve it, you know, one, um, child at a time, one family at a time. And when mother and father come together, become the power of two and with the child power of three of uh, the strong bond based on love and a commitment towards having a good relationship and trust, um, it's the human spirit is being, um, resurrected or revitalized, I would say for many people and many people are afraid, many people are scared and intimidated, but through that fear, they're actually facing the dragon. They're facing these difficult um, challenges and it's, it is, it's a very, very great time for homeschooling. Just is terrible that it had to go this far and um, who knows what these psychopaths are going to do in the future, but you got to get your kids out and uh, you know, we can talk about, you know, how to do that here. Yeah, actually, that was the next place I was going to go. So, uh, yeah, let's say I'm a parent and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the writing on the wall. I have concerns. Like, what would be the first steps that I would be taking? And, you know, as, as a consultant, what would be your first uh, pieces of advice? Yeah, so the first one is that the, the schools are on fire. The, burning, the, the, the building is burning. And don't take that too literally, but that's the urgency that you want to think about. So um, get, get them out. And then the four this is understand you don't have to become zero to expert you know overnight or you know in a few weeks but you can do it you can do it the the reprogramming of your own mind of what is an education what do you desire for your child and starting there what is success what do you see for your child because you are their protector their guardian um and the school has no say in what you do with your child. So great. So you take them out and it's like, well, what, what do I do? The four phases is that um, parents start off with school at home. That's the first one where they replicate the school model in their house. And that's very intimidating and time consuming and stressful, but it's better than leaving it in the burning building and that's where it's like you set up the day schedule like it's nine o'clock math and um 12 o'clock language arts and science and you try to replicate that and then from there you want to go to uh, phase two which is de-schooling and de-schooling is where you let your child get back in touch with themselves and so just like if you have a bottle of soda you shake it up before you can drink it you have to let the pressure release so every year that your child was in the school system, they've been stressed and under this pressure. So you want to give them a month of total freedom to do whatever they want, to be better in touch with themselves. 
So if they're in the say the sixth grade, you want to give them six months of total freedom to do what? To do whatever they want to learn because they're not who, who they were when they were, let's say, six years old, when they're full of life and excitement. They're kind of been droned and uh, droned down, dumbed down, and they can play video games all day. They can sleep all day. They can you know, do whatever they want. And then they are this amazing thing called life and breath and learning and joy. Um, that's the, the second phase is de-schooling. And third phase is homeschooling itself. The homeschooling phase, what is homeschooling? So my definition for you to consider is, is that homeschooling is when a leader creates an atmosphere where personalized learning can occur. And that's where you come in. Um, you know, my uh, company is the homeschool leader and there's a Facebook group. Or you are the homeschool leader. It doesn't mean you're the teacher. You know, consider yourself to be a learning partner. Um, a facilitator, a guide, a coach. You don't have to stand in the front of the room and say, okay, you know, class is in session. Um, and what type of atmosphere do you want to create for personalized learning? An atmosphere based on uh, trust, on respect, on safety, uh, where mistakes are welcomed instead of you know, pushed away. And basically where, where failure is um, actually seen in a new way. Failure isn't the enemy. Failure is a great teacher. Pain is a mm -hmm. great teacher. So you want to create that atmosphere where it's like, you made a mistake, Johnny? Excellent. You know, let's make some more mistakes. It's really upside down. Um, also, yeah. we distinguish between an education and a schooling, as Gatto taught us, and I kind of added a little bit to that. What An education is what you do to yourself to create a good life, and a schooling is what somebody else does to you to benefit them. And that's what the, the state does for your child. They have their own agenda. But education is what you do to yourself. And um, then the, the fourth phase and the, the apex of learning, which your audience is doing here, um, apparently is 100% self-directed learning. And mm -hmm. some people call this unschooling. So this is where you are directing your own learning based on your own interests, based on your own passions, questions, curiosities, Whatever's interesting, you direct it. Maybe your career, maybe your dreams require you to learn some um, new information, some new knowledge, some new skills. And that is the case because we're all ignorant in many ways and we got to you know, grow on that path. But those are the four phases that um, the sooner you can get to 100% self-directed learning, the better. And I used to think that it had to take a year or two or three years because I've seen many of my clients you know, wait that long and, and, and um, go through their own types of um, challenges, but I, I think you can get to the 100% self-directed phase within 60 to 90 days, and you know you might have more questions, and you know we can you know discuss some of these things. But the essence is that school at home is better than leaving your child at the school system. But the ultimate is to create that environment, let them self-direct, and then. Like I said, you're, you're not their teacher per se, although you are in some ways, but th their education is their responsibility. So uh, another analogy is you, know, you can buy a gym membership for somebody, but you cannot give somebody huge biceps and a six pack. You know, they have to want that for themselves. And remember, your child didn't learn to walk and talk with a curriculum under compulsion, under you know, these types of um, um, uh, situation, 
they learned those important skills because they wanted to. You were modeling that. They saw around, oh, mom and dad, they walk and they talk and they, you know, Google and Gaga and, and, and get through these phases. And that's how every subject is effectively. Um, you know, of course, reading, you can help them with these things. Uh, but once they learn to read and talk and walk, then they basically have the world as their classroom. Valor Academy is the world is the classroom. And anything, types of uh, new perspectives on education um, are where I begin with, with that's almost a good foundation that you can build upon. And there's, of course, many other questions that we can, can dive into it. But yeah, curriculums, legitimate concerns. But the most important thing, I think, is for parents to understand where the school system came from and what it's doing to your child now. Mm -hmm by you driving them there every day and participate thing to say, I'm not saying you're trying to enslave them, but the state is, the state is trying to enslave your child to become a global citizen, to have civil rights and rights you know, given by government rather than unalienable rights given by creator or source or nature. And, and you really gotta let them know that they have the rights to their life. They own their body that they are given freedom by their very nature of being alive and that nobody's allowed to enslave anyone. Children get it. Children understand that. But, you know, sometimes it's harder to raise free children because they start questioning you and they can be seven, eight or 10 years old. And, well, you said this, mommy, and they catch, catch us in our contradictions. Uh, but we'll get through these phases. The main thing is that it's already as Buck, Mr. Fuller said, and many other people that they're born geniuses and the challenge is that they get de-geniused trying to please their teachers and please their parents and grow themselves, I believe, to find their purpose, live their dreams, set their own goals, you know, create their own adventure in life. And when you have that framework, then you can take a break and you can relax. But if you think that you have to science all these things, then you're going to say stuff like, well, I wasn't good at math or, you know, I can't teach well. Yeah. None of some, your job is to love them unconditionally. That's, you know, my position for parents is that you're the champion of unconditional love in their life. And of course you can teach them to read and read with them. Uh, but more than that, they want to be loved more than that. They want to have trust for you. But when we're, you know, in the school system and we're, we, comply with the state and give our children to these strangers called teachers again not necessarily bad people my you know family is in the school system teaching or retired teaching um, but by your actions they see what is acceptable and for me it's not acceptable to require permission to go to the bathroom to get a drink of water to to talk um your children are very precious and i know you know that but this religion of statism is deep and uh you know thank larkin rose for help teaching us that that the state is this 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 god that many people have just complied with and so you don't you do stuff which you wouldn't normally do you think that government officials have uh, special rights um, or powers and they don't and our children are the most vulnerable dependent people on the planet so i think they, they deserve the most and this is a redefining of what the role is and I think that homeschool leader is to create that atmosphere where those things are abundant 
and you know all the other questions that come up but it starts there and uh, those phases and understanding what a homeschool or what an education is what homeschooling is i think is a great place to start for parents thinking about it or maybe launching their homeschooling adventures soon absolutely man well that's fantastic what a wonderful recap man that's that's amazing um, so one of the things that, you know, obviously I, first thing that comes to mind is like a roadblock and I'm sure you probably deal with very regularly is the idea of like, you know, and you know, obviously there's a whole conspiracy around this too, you know, both getting both parents into the workforce and all that stuff. So let's say that that's the type of situation where, you know, both parents work full time during the day and they rely on these public schools as not only a means of taking, you know, quote unquote, educating their kids, but also it's, it's like, you know, their daycare, it's like where, where they send the kids so that they can go to work. Like, what would you say to a family that's in that situation? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, it is a real problem. So yes, that's a great point. You said that the parents, the, uh, the women's liberation movement, um, does appear yeah. to be a key thing to, t uh, push the mothers into the workforce and, you know, cut the cost of labor in half and increase taxes. And, uh, most importantly is, Put the parents in a situation where like they need the school system and it is sad but i've had many clients say that like i depend on the school system for child care so at least they're being honest and truthful and they're like yeah the school system's terrible but you know we have a two income house and we have a lifestyle to maintain well this is where you want to reevaluate what is the most the highest priority in your life is it you know having a large house or having you no know, living in a good neighborhood or having many cars whatever or is it the empowerment of your child now the empowerment of your child is a slower um goal to reach it's not instant gratification again going back to the consumerism you and i went to public schools um friends out there and so we learned all this stuff so we're like yeah well i need these things so there's a couple things one is you can change your lifestyle reduce the expenses and or begin thinking about side hustles begin thinking about online incomes or your own businesses and you know this give yourself you know 12 months or six months or 18 months somewhere but to just make the excuse that i can't do it because i need the money that's i think very short-sighted i think you want to see what the actual schools are doing to your child and say that is not okay and you know we have these um expenses and lifestyle to maintain but let's make a plan and let's do some research um, there's a, a mass exodus, I would say, of many um, giant corporations because people are sick of having um, all these uh, distractions and like anti-benefits, or I would say cons, um, of, of working for other people. So start thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur and start thinking of yourself as an independent producer. The school systems were designed to make you think like this, where I can't do it. I, I have to... Um, you know, work for somebody else or I have, I need them, but you actually don't need anybody. What you need is to find that inner power. And I would say the freedom inside would help you remember that you are a queen, you are a king. And this is not just a, a metaphor. I believe this to be true, that you are significant. Your consciousness is this seriously um, a wonderful miracle in all of human history that you can actually hear this and we can have this discussion so have a goal and set it out for yourself. And like I said, you can cut down your expenses. You can um, develop some side hustle. I think that would be a good one. Or even use some creative imagination with neighbors and other friends, you know, in within your five to 10 mile radius of sharing the kids. And you can mm -hmm. do that with, uh, you know, five other families or a few other families. 
uh, more, you know, if, if you want, but there are ways around it and it is very difficult. That's probably one of the biggest ones we see is, yeah, what about the income? Well, mm -hmm. set yourself a goal because you're going to blink and six months are going to pass by. It's already been two years since this whole yeah. scandemic. I can't believe it, man. So um, those who saw the beginning, you know, you would be six months ahead. And if you're seeing it right now, congratulations. It's the schools aren't going to get better. I think that's the, um, the bad news. Uh, the good news is that this is a great opportunity for you to take control of your family and what you desire for yourself. Um, one thing is to have a family meeting and to discuss these things and you and the, maybe the father, the mother are the leaders and your, but your children are very, um, creative as well. And they're very resourceful. So you can say, Hey, I'm concerned about this and let's find a way to, to um, make a solution and then let that be a conversation that you have, you know, once a month or, you know, every few weeks, but there has to be intention. There has to be that desire to homeschool. And once you realize that it's not as intimidating as you once thought, then it's like, okay, I can do this. So there's like these different um, barriers that were breaking through, you know, just like they, the, the, who was the pilot who broke the sound barrier, right? Like a lot of people tried to make, break the sound barrier in the, in the airplane. And then finally they broke the sound barrier and people are like, oh my gosh, we can break the sound barrier. So the sound barrier for education is homeschooling and like, how are we going to do it? How are we going to figure it out has been broken for many years. So it's doable. It's possible. You just have to require a uh, courage. Um, another reason that you know, my school is called Valor Academy is to have that courage, that, that strength of valor to persist. No matter what's happening in life, especially now, your child's going to need to develop courage and they're watching you. They're looking at you. Doesn't mean you have to know the answers. None of us have all the answers. In fact, one of the wisest and uh, most educated things you can say is, I don't know. Many people try to pretend like, you know, they have all the answers, but this is, these are what you call school people, you know, and they act all high and mighty. And, you know, I've read this and I've studied that, but we know a lot little or a lot less as uh, like Socrates said, there's one thing I know. And that's that I know nothing. Or Einstein said, every genius admits that he or she knows nothing, which is a big step from, you know, acquiring knowledge, but I think it's the proper position and even myself, I'm learning. And uh, even John Gatto was learning. And I'm sure you're still learning, Scott. So this is where um, the real humility comes in and admitting that we don't know these things. But the answers have been found. The solutions are there. And it just takes some time to say, okay, how can I make some money? Um, what's demanded in the marketplace? But there's a lot of side hustles. And um, you got to start looking at those things and you know, join the Facebook group if you want the homeschool leader and you know, get some support because you're not alone. But it is up to you to pull that trigger and remove your child from the school system effectively and metaphorically because um, they're going to get worse. Uh, but we're, we're upon summer here in 2022 and the fall time is, is the time to do it. So uh, take a breath. But uh, it is possible. And those are some of the ways that uh, you can make some money and um, address that, that money question of what to do. Cause I have to have the childcare. It's a valid, valid point. Yeah, no, that's great, man. And, uh, you know, I, I just moved from Oregon and in Oregon, I had uh, myself and, you know, my friends there, we got really involved in the freedom cells movement. Uh, you know, Derek Rose, John Bush, that whole thing. And, uh, you know, part of what rose out of that was this whole, like, you know, parents were coming together and doing like the whole, you know, multifamily, 
uh, homeschooling type of thing. So I think that that's a really good solution for parents that do maybe have like challenges with, with work, you know, you can actually share the responsibility. So again, it's just the importance of building community. Like having community is like really, you know, like the most important type of wealth we can have these days. You know what I mean? It's something that's huge on my priority list for sure. Also. So, okay. So, you know, I was going to tell you a funny story about that. And then I think this is useful for the audience as well, just real quick. So, um, I had an interview with a friend of mine, Dean Reiner on Monday, and he kind of had this whole thing where he lived in Portland, Oregon. He moved out of the city and he just started doing like odd jobs for people around the rural community. And, uh, you know, that's been his, how he's been supporting himself. And, and I, uh, I was like, wow, well, how did you even get the ball rolling on that? Like, how do you like, just do that. You know what I mean? How you just like work for yourself. You know what I mean? Like these, these are fundamental core things that I feel like my public education, like she keeps me trapped in the thing where I, I have to, I have to feel like I have to go clock into a job nine to five. And like, that's the only way to exist. And anything outside of that is just crazy or you're just, you know, whatever, like that's just the paradigm. So I asked him, he's like, dude, I just made a Facebook post and I just like put myself out there and said, Hey, here's my services. You know, I'm available for this or that. And, uh, you know, and he got some responses. So I'm like, yeah, I could do that. So what was it? Tuesday, Monday, uh, Monday, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. I had the interview Monday on Tuesday. I made a post on Facebook here in, in Nashville. And, uh, I basically said, Hey, I'm, I'm available. Like, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm fit, hardworking, motivated. If you need help around the house with your projects, around your farm, around your property, you know, let me hit me up, man. I can't even tell you. I've literally had hundreds of people message me out of the woodwork jobs. Like I've got like an infinite number of jobs from here to eternity if I want to. And it's just like, it's so insane. I'm like, Oh my God, now wow. I can just like pick and choose. I can like, I can like, and then it's like, I'm charging like, like I said, like 25, 30 bucks an hour to come out and like help out and people are like, yeah, that's great. So it's insane, you know? And actually I just got a job offer right before we went on the air today to, for, to be like an electrician's assistant. And I don't have any background on any of this stuff. And so I'm just like, I'm going to see, I guess I'm going to go do that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, just the idea of like, you know, investing in yourself or taking a risk in yourself and believing in yourself and stuff like that. So anyway, that was just a sidebar, but I just really wanted to say like, you guys, like you don't have to be trapped in this thing. Like just do something like that and it will literally unlock the universe for you. And then you can have flexibility. You can pick and choose what you want. It was a crazy whole thing. Uh, but the, the other thing I wanted to really mm, get into. Your, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I just, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's, it's mind blowing. But uh, the other thing I really want to get into here while, while, while I got you here is um, something that we talk about a lot on the show here is just, you know, I think the whole public education system is really designed to help or to, to force people to just like what I was kind of just describing there, like learned helplessness. I don't have the ability to do anything for myself. I have to rely on the government. I have to rely on like an employer yeah. and a paycheck and a, and a, and a, and a, you know, all, all this, all this stuff. So what, what, what can we do to like shatter the idea of learned helplessness? And then also just what's so prevalent is the victimhood culture. It's like in our culture, it's like, the more victimhood points you get, like the more highly high status you get. It's like whoever can get the most victim points like wins at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like how do we shatter that paradigm of like, like, like rewarding victimhood and uh, learned helplessness? What would be your thoughts on that? Mm. Beautiful question. And that's awesome about the uh, doing the jobs. So first of all, what you did is you took an idea and you put in the action. And that's one thing that uh, schools don't teach us is how to try stuff. We're afraid to try stuff. We're afraid of failure. And, and then we have, let's say, one big negative experience. And then we project that failure on, I tried doing this before. I tried going door to door and you know, making some services or tried posting or tried doing this and it didn't work. So it's a matter of 
understanding that you, your consciousness is very valuable. You are very valuable. And one of the great examples is, um, well, in terms of learned helplessness is understand that um, there's a program running inside of you, inside of me, and we have many programs, right? And so this is some of the stuff we do in transformational work is realize that kind of like if you have sunglasses on, if I had some, you know, red lenses and everything I look at is red because I have these lenses on it. So it's how to look at your own thoughts, look at your belief systems, which is um, one of the secrets because you truly are a genius. You truly are unlimited. And the challenge is that you have all this media, all this um, programming, even from, you know, religion, sometimes family, sometimes, sometimes our parents, you know, are trying to program us or hold us down for their own fear um, because of their own being raised in the industrial era where you work for a company and then you get a pension from that company. That was a way of thinking, you know, say 30, 40, 50 years ago or, or beyond. And you would do that. So lacking understanding of the um, change in economics, change in the marketplace, but it comes down to personal power and it comes down to not feeling worthy enough or smart enough, right? We're always comparing ourselves to other people. And the reality is that you are unique amongst all people, just as am I and anybody listening. So how do you be yourself? You actually have to create yourself. And one of the examples is the 90-year-old rocking chair example, which is when you're 90 years old and you're sitting on your rocking chair on your front porch and you're thinking about your life and you think back and you think back at your, your past 90 years on this planet and you say, yes, I did it. I did it in my life. And whatever it is, that's up to you to decide. That's up to your mission and purpose and goals and dreams and aspirations because everybody's going to get to that point. And you might not be 90 years old, might be 80 or 60, but you're going to get to a point where you're going to have that time and you're going to be sitting there in a chair thinking about your life. So if you reverse engineer and say, what I want my life to be about, then you can have that strength and that courage to go forth. And this is what one of my billionaire mentors told me um, as I was you know, thinking and asking about, well, what about purpose? Because once you have a big enough purpose, you will figure out a way. Like, like literally if the school system was on fire, you would 100% go in that building and pull your child out or die trying, right? This is the love of a mother, of a father, a family member. So in the same way, you can see, hey, if I can achieve this next goal, then this is going to level me up. This is going to put me on path because you can live a life of regret and that'll pull you down. And we do have you know, things in our past that we regret and say, man, why did I do that? But most of the things is why didn't I do that? We regret what we didn't do. We were too afraid. And there's a great book called The Five Regrets of Dying about a mm. nurse who would um, interview or she was uh, in the hospital and she would kind of ask people on their last few weeks of life, you know, like, like what do you regret? Oh. And she found out that there's five regrets and I don't have them all memorized, but the essence is um, they go like this. I wish I would have had more courage to uh, uh, pursue a life that I wanted to do rather than what somebody else wanted me to do. I wish I would have had courage to express my feelings to my loved ones. I wish I would have had um, courage to um, pursue life, express my feelings. Um, there's a few other ones I can't get off the top of my head, but but these are, these are the level of regrets. And we're like, man, so it was a very common thing. So you got to project yourself in the future 
and see how fast this life is. Imagine how fast the last five years went. Then the next five years are going to go faster. And yeah. that's exactly how it works. It's like, wow, boom. You know, I remember it was, you know, 2010. I say, what happened? <laughs> you know, what, 10 years ago. So it's this pending um, doom of this body. Um, and this is not to say that's a bad thing. It's actually a great thing. That understanding we're not going to live forever, at least in this body. Maybe you are an immortal soul, as I kind of think we are. And I think we have like bodies or something. I don't know, this mystery of life. But we're, we come here with this intention. We come here for an experience, for uh, this game of life. And when we step into the reality of, well, why did I come here? The, so the, the billionaire said um, about finding your purpose, find an injustice on the planet that you really care about and spend your life trying to correct that injustice. Wow. I said, whoa, well, that was amazing. Wow. And so that helped me find my passion and my care for the, for the children in the schools because I was in there and I remember this school sucks, man, this is terrible. And so how can I remove, help parents remove the children? How can I empower the parents? That became something that I'm like, I want to do that. That makes me excited because every time I pull a child out of the school system with through the parents, because I don't do that. I you know help the parents and they do that, but they yeah. are so grateful. And you know, months later, years later, they thank me and I'm like, I can't believe you you paid me to do this because I love it. I'm so excited that you you know took my consultation and, and and applied some of the things that we discussed, even though it's scary. And that's the same thing for the learned helplessness is that yes, life is scary. Well, guess what? Anytime you go into uncharted territory is going to be scary. If you're blind and you're walking, it's going to be scary. If the lights are off, it's going to be scary. But these kind of conversations maybe turn the lights on help you open up your eyes that realize you're not alone, that every human had to walk down this path of uncertainty and of course, towards our, our death of this life. But in the meantime, while we're here, we can, we can enjoy this life. And like Thoreau said, he says, most men live lives of quiet desperation and effectively that people die with a song inside, you know, like they wanted to do mm -hmm. something. They wanted to go visit somewhere. They wanted to contribute to something. They wanted to um, express something and this is where, as a, as a man, I feel really grateful because I learned about the guy named Roberto Bernini, a poet and comedian, actually, um, a very deep guy. And he said, there's no such thing as wasted love. And because mm. as a man, it's like, well, I can't express myself. I can't say I love you, you know, to my family or um, women or any strangers, right? And now I start to feel comfortable saying that. So I say it to my family. I say it to ladies or I say it to strangers. And not because I want anything. I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm talking about agape love or family love. As the Greek noted, there's eight types of love. So it can be any type of love. But the more I start expressing love to others and love to myself, I start to feel more courageous. I start to feel more fearless because once I'm connected with myself and love, then it's like, it's okay to try. Try this business. It fails. No problem. Try this recipe. It fails. No problem. Try to build something. It fails. No problem. Because I am not the action. I am the being. I am the creator. I am the cause of the action. And whatever they have to the action of success or failure, great. It doesn't really matter because success can be just as dangerous as failure. You know, and then you become, you know, overconfident or cocky or whatever. And then you get lazy. So it's this like, dance of life that is is an amazing paradox and an amazing uh, joy but trying to hold on and, and like be safe there is no safe you know th there's another great quote that says 
ships in the harbor are safe, but that's not what ships are made for. The yeah. ships are made to go on the open sea, to go from yeah. port to port, to go and, and try new things. And so as um, as someone who's lo looking at these different options, I recommend you try many things because a true educated person is going to commend your failure and you're going to have war stories and share, oh, oh, how did you fail? I tried this. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work for me either. But small-minded people, God bless these people, the, the world's full of them. They say, you tell them, oh, yeah, I tried this business or I tried something and say, I, I told you it was going to work. Oh, I knew it was going to work or blah, 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 blah. Ray, lower your vibration. But this is about raising our vibration, raising our frequency that no matter what our failure success, we are still this being or this spirit, if you will, that is um, unscathed by challenges, undamaged by uh, difficult situations, but we get trapped in our mind. And that's why Bob Marley said, only you can liberate yourself from mental slavery mm -hmm. and where the, of course, statism comes in and, you know, patriotism towards the, the nation. This is not to say I dislike America. I love America. I love the land. I love the people. I love the, the traditions, but it's been turned into a corporate empire, a corporatocracy yep. where now the governments are working with the, um, the banks and the giant corporations and they start to um, merge. And just in the last you know, uh, year and a half or two years, I start to learn more about BlackRock and Vanguard. I said, holy cow, oh, yeah. man, this is crazy. Oh, so yeah. all these different, you know, all these different companies come together and like, and you start to feel small, but then you take a, a look at history and you realize that just one man, one woman can make a huge difference, not because they're, um, you know, superpowers, but because they're courageous, because they have stepped into their purpose, no matter what it is, art, science, um, math, um, whatever, you know, technology, education, there's so many great things where we need you, the listener, and of course ourselves leading our own life, but to step into what your purpose is and what you really came here for, because you came here for something big. You came here to play some big game and it doesn't mean you have to like, you know, jump off the cliff and try to leap and figure all this out today, but you do want to set some six month, 12 month, 24 month goals. And uh, the, the speech that I gave in um, Float Fest and also at the, the summit, the Exit Build Summit, was called Intergenerational Freedom. And this is the idea of trying to make an intergenerational impact and impacting the next generation. So if you play on that level, like you're not just playing for yourself, you're playing for either your children or the, the, the young people watching you. Um, the uh, Native Americans talk about the seventh generations. And then yeah. there was a guy named Brian Clemmer. And I took one of his courses and he talked about, he said, what's your 500 year goal? I said, what? Well, wow. you have a five-year goal. You have a 10-year goal. That's great. 20-year goal. But what's your, like your, your 100-year goal? I said, well, I think I'm going to be dead in about a hundred years. And so the training was about, well, yes, but what type of impact or legacy or contribution to humanity do you want to leave? So he said, so he said, set a 300-year goal, set a 500-year goal. You're not going to be around wow. to see it, but playing a bigger game is it pulls you forward rather than trying to play small. It's like, well, what do we remember from 200 years ago or 300 years ago, 500 years, some people have made an impact, whether in literature or art, um, they've made an impact. So if you start playing that way, it's like, wow, then I can, you know, really kind of become immortal in some way, not because of ego, but because you want to make a difference with your life. You want to make a difference with this consciousness that you were gifted with. And I, I'm still processing this, this idea because I heard about intergenerational freedom or this is something that intergenerational impact. 
but the, the 300 and the 500 year plan, I said, whoa, that's, I'm still taking that in to see what it is. But I think it is going to be through education because these predator psychopaths, they have intergenerational plans. That's how we got here. The school system, the medical system, the financial system, all intergenerational. And they got those secret clubs and, you know, secret handshakes and all these things, but they do that in the dark. So we, as freedom lovers, uh, peace lovers, um, we want to do it in the light and we outnumber them. And so that's why I started with Gatto and some of the things that I do, because I, I know that the, from high above, far away, the answer is inside of me. And so once I change my thinking and break free from some of this, um, learned helplessness, which of course we all have, if we went to the school system and then we start to uh, be who we're intended to be or supposed to be for our own lives, not what other people are trying to tell us to be, but what we want to be. And then you get that rocking chair example at the end of your life. And then you can say you did it. You can say you went for it because it's better to have tried and failed than to not have tried at all. And I think that's where you can get some um, peace of mind knowing, and this is the definition of success that I got from John Wooden, the coach from UCLA. He said, success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction, knowing you made the effort to become your best. So mm. it's that effort saying you gave it all. You tried your best to become your best. That's success. So the outcome isn't that important. Most important is who you become in the process. Who do you have to become to go out and start this side hustle? Who do you have to become to pull your child out despite your friends or your family saying, you know, they're not going to get socialized or they're, they're not going to, you're not going to have the crib. You don't know what you're doing. You have to become a courageous, amazing person, which you already are in certain aspects of your life, but now it's on a different level. And this is the, the, I think the great opportunity of humanity is step into our leadership to lean in, to uh, step up to our destiny and to face the truth of this world of being the Neo, you already took the red pill. You know, it's like, okay, I took the red pill and now you see what's going on. And there's a bunch of agent Smiths out there um, trying to, you know, distract you and pull you away, but you got to stay focused, understand this is a matrix through our thoughts, through our actions and habits and beliefs that we can um, transcend and we can transform our lives and the people around us. But it's just one person at a time. And I think this is the proven path, you know, just changing ourselves rather than trying to change the world. So uh, I get very excited about it because this is a truth that really was helpful for me. And uh, hopefully there were some, you know, some nuggets in there that were helpful for some of your audience because you are powerful. You're a genius. So we just accept that and try to play a bigger game. David, man. <laughs> yes. There were some great nuggets in there. So inspiring, man. Like that's, I just, I love every little bit of it, man. I love what you're doing. I love your energy. I love your attitude. Like this is just fantastic. I feel like I could just keep going on and on and on here, but uh, I feel like let's leave it there for now. We'll have you back on, okay? We'll get into some of this stuff. And I want to. So I know you're very censored too, which is just crazy because it seems like these are just like great positive things, but somehow the powers that be find it uh, it's important to keep your voice silenced, which is just nuts. But uh, if the people wanted to learn more, where should they go? Yeah, go to davidjamesrodriguez.com. And they'll have some links there on my link tree. I'm working on the website, um, homeschool leader. I have um, a Facebook group, also a telegram group. Um, those are probably the best places. Um, also voluntary village creators, I think build an intentional community or some type of concept of that, um, that will be coming as well. And yeah, like you said, I have been getting said, I got kicked off of YouTube. I've been, um, yeah. shadow banned in Instagram. Facebook, um, Instagram kicked me off and yeah. Yeah. And then they. Uh, and then I, I start a new account. And it's like, you know, 
low visibility and these kind of things. So that's why I like how I'm so grateful for the people over there because I think ultimately they're, they're going to have a, a huge successful platform. There's a lot of good people over there right now. They don't censor anything. Um, but yeah, you can find me at davidjamesrodriguez.com. I do accelerated graduations. I can help you graduate your 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, 18 year old who wants to get out and we do homeschool consulting. Uh, but this is the time to um, shine our light and to not is another great tool. And uh, of course, Telegram or some other you know outlets there. But yeah, reach out to me if uh, you want to do some consulting or I can assist with the graduation process. Um, but this is the, um, I would say probably the greatest time to be alive in human history. And we're going to go through this, I would say a very like difficult phase, but we're going to get through it. And it's an opportunity and it's a beautiful thing. And it's freedom and truth and love win. And we outnumber these people. So um, expand yourself. And I would say choose a, a big goal that's exciting for you, a big dream. And oh, man, awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. And we did have some technical difficulties there, but I think people, we, we got we got 97% uh, of it all through there. So, But I think we're good. We're good. David, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you, man. And we'll, we'll, we'll catch up again soon, okay? Awesome, Scott. Great being on your show. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Much love.